Welcome to Future Sense, a podcast with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans, broadcast weekly from our Future Sense pod in the northern rivers of New South Wales, Australia. And welcome to you. And welcome to Steve. Good morning. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be back again after our break. We, uh, we have been away, so to speak, or we haven't really gone anywhere, but uh, we have certainly had a, a different approach to the Future Sense podcast. And in fact, we're now not doing the podcast as a radio broadcast anymore for various reasons to do with COVID-19 in particular, but we are now uh, coming back on doing uh, the podcast every week that you'll be used to, and we'll give you the details of all of that where you can find it. So it's going through a bit of a change, a bit of a metamorphosis at this Absolutely. time. Absolutely, and uh, it'll be a cleaner format without uh, all the bits and pieces that normally go to the radio show on the radio show so uh, we think that's a good thing and also it gives us uh, a sense of uh, freedom in terms of how we can speak and what we can speak about because with the radio show it was being broadcast to the general public and so anybody who was in their car and happened to turn the radio on was going to hear what we were talking about and of course sometimes we do they had no idea what we were talking about that's right we talk about controversial (laughs) things and uh and so we don't have to worry about that Mm. so much now because we're going to have a self-selecting audience uh, (laughs) very good and thank you all of those out there who are part of that self-selecting audience who've come back in and we'll be communicating with you if you didn't know that we're back on uh, with the podcast you'll certainly know about it in the next week Uh, this podcast will be up this week you can also go to rd.org at the moment double a d double i dot org double a d double i dot org and uh, you go to the future sense page on that website to access the the past and the future uh, podcast but we will come back online with our future sense uh, website fairly soon we're just having a, a small technical problem with that at the moment exactly and so uh, today we are talking about uh, the topic of entering the chaos mm-hmm. and uh the, the global impact of COVID-19 and the response to COVID-19, which, which really the, res- the response uh, from an economic point of view has impacted far more people than the actual virus did. Although, of course, uh, many people have suffered and some people have uh, passed away as a result of the virus. And mm. our, our th- th- hearts and our thoughts go out to everyone who's been touched in that way. Yeah. Um, I saw a very interesting uh, article on the Saturday paper, which is a newspaper here in Australia, uh, quite a, a decent paper, which talks about COVID. And just as you said that then, I'm, I'm looking right at it. And the question that this particular writer asks is Stephanie Darrick, a well-known Australian journalist. She says one of the things that's come up in this era of uh, the COVID is uh, really those fundamental fear, fears that you talked about before about uh, well death and, and sickness but the big questions that come up are what will my future look like who can I trust and does my life matter and then and we're going to be talking a little bit about Black Lives Matter and that whole situation around George Floyd today do others lives matter to me and I think that's interesting that it appears in the Saturday paper this week these questions and I think there are questions that well they, that are part of how people are facing this at the moment. Yeah, very interesting indeed, Nick. And of course, we've been talking on this show for a couple of years now about the global consciousness shift that is underway and how we're moving beyond the scientific industrial era and the values associated with that way of being human to a a more complex and more evolved version of humanity. And part of that shift at a personal level is exactly what was described in that article you were mm. reading there, is, is having the time to contemplate these larger issues. Mm. And in order to do that, we really need to get out of what we used to call the rat race, which was the day-to-day you know, pursuit of, mm. uh, of success, and, and in the, mostly in the form of money, mm. 
within the, the modern world. And here with the response to COVID-19, we've been gifted mm. a, a, a break. And it's wonderful to look at it that way rather than the sort of shock horror of it, which I'm sure some people understandably have had that response too, and especially if it's really impacted you strongly, as we said, if you've had uh, the physical problems with you or yours or people close to you or the economic uh, impact as we're talking about here. But it is that uh, that moment of kind of reconfiguring that, it, yes, it's shocking. Yes, it's horrible. But actually, it is an opportunity. It is actually a gift for change. And I think there are many people, certainly in our reality, that we know here. And we are in a bit of a bubble here where we're broadcasting from. But we are actually, many people seeing it as a gift and really trying to go deep in, in themselves and trying to find what is my response to this now. It certainly is that, and uh, we're going to talk in this episode about that personal experience and also the change process and and how this gift of time that we've been given through the lockdown uh, has changed many, many people. And we'll also talk a little bit about moving forward from here and uh, what we're likely to see in the near future and also look at the the general themes of this emerging value set, so the sixth layer in Mm. Claire Graves' model, uh, which is very humanistic, very network-centric, and all about living life a very, very different way than we have during the modern scientific-industrial era. And it's important, and we know as uh, podcast fans that you are probably already familiar with Claire W. Graves' work that we uh, base a, a large, um, I don't know how you would put it, like a foundational aspect of, of what we do on this podcast uh, for many of you, of course, you're quite familiar with Claire W. Gray's, otherwise you probably still wouldn't be listening if you're regular. Uh, but for those who are not, it's really a, a wonderful thing to investigate his work. He was a developmental psychologist. He died early. Uh, Steve, maybe you could fill in a, a brief just so we can come back online with, with Graves' work for those people who may be listening for the first time. Sure. Claire W. Graves uh, was born in 1914. He passed away in 1986, and he worked as a professor of developmental psychology at Union College in a, a town called Schenectady in upstate New York. Been there. And uh, <laughs> It's a strange place. <laughs> during the, the 1950s and early 1960s, he did some research there into human nature. Mm. And his research was quite remarkable because most scientific research starts with a hypothesis and then sets out to try and prove whether that hypothesis is valid or not. Claire Graves simply started with a question, and his fundamental question was, what is the nature of a psychologically mature adult? And so he took a very open mind to his work. He studied 1,065 people over a period of nine years. So he not only looked at their nature at the beginning of the study, but also how an individual's nature changed over time. And uh, he worked together with a group of seven peers to analyse all of the data collected over those nine years. And he came up with a model of human development. And there were three key aspects to his findings. The first one was that human consciousness is inherently adaptive and it responds to changes in the complexity of our life conditions. So when our life conditions become more complex, then our consciousness adapts to operate in more complex ways, effectively allowing us to solve more complex problems. The second uh, interesting thing that came from his research was the mapping of the trajectory of change. So what happens, what is the human experience when we go through a major change that actually shifts our value set, our worldview? And we'll be talking in a little bit of detail about that today. And then the third key thing that came out of his research was 
a series of layers of consciousness, each one with its own very distinct way of making sense of reality and its own distinct set of values and morals and its own distinct uh, motivations and uh, likes and dislikes. Mm. And we grow through these layers, and he his work mapped out eight discrete layers, and we grow from layer one through to whatever layer we need to reach in order to match the complexity of our life conditions. And so uh, this is... Uh, a key aspect, of course, mm-hmm. of, of the field of developmental psychology, which is based on not just the psychological nature of a human being, but also the uh, understanding that we grow uh, as we mm. experience life. I mean, it shouldn't be revolutionary, this sort of thought, but surprisingly, it is, isn't it? Uh, and also, what as you're speaking there, Graves' uh, book, which was finished actually after his death, a major work, which is called The Never-Ending Quest, is exactly about that. And there's a quote here from Graves. He says, We must reorganize our thinking and our approaches to man's problems to include the fact that there is no ultimate set of ethics, values, and purposes by which humans should live that will ever be revealed, laid down, or discovered. So there's no end point here. I think this really sets it apart from many other theories as well, especially since it is actually a scientific, a psychological scientific study and, uh, and theory or model that he, that he brought forward. That's exactly right. And at the time of his work, there were a few uh, developmental psychologies model, psychology models around, and uh, each of those was based on the assumption that there was a pinnacle. There's a pinnacle, there's you a know, point there, at the there, top. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and, and, of course, he was open to discovering that during his research. But uh, as he said many times, you know, the, the data pointed him in a different direction and he had to go with the data. I guess that idea that there is an end point, which we see in philosophy, psychology, spirituality, in many different uh, cultures, that there's an end point, enlightenment, if you will, uh, that figure, that idea itself, I guess, is is uh, structured within a particular or value system, or is it? I mean, to ha- to think that way, which of course at that time most people were thinking of the dominant paradigm, which is five. Yeah, um, it is, is that- absolutely, a, mm. and you know one of the fundamental drivers of of layer five in Graves' model, which is the modern mm. scientific industrial way of being human and way of thinking, is uh, a success driver. And, you know, success implies a destination or, or an achievement. Yes. So you would expect that kind of thinking to underlie the research done from that particular worldview. And it's so fascinating, I guess, right now as we are going through what we're going through here on this planet in early part of the first half of 2020 and beyond, that um, we're facing this uh, this change in how most people have to f- have to face the future. There is no certainty like that. There is no end point. Or for most people. And so everything's kind of been um, thrown up in the air, I guess, and we're going to see where it's landing. We're going to help you see some of that hopefully today. That's right. You know, there's, there's, I guess there's no uh, greater disruption than one's way of making sense of the world, yeah. and that's exactly what we're going through yeah. at the moment is we're shifting our worldview on a global scale. Uh, and we are, by my calculation, still in the early stages of this shift, which marks the end of the scientific industrial era and then in the beginning of a new way of being human, which is the sixth layer in Graves' model. And uh, according to the the structure of uh, Graves' data, that sixth layer that we're entering into now ought to be fairly short-lived. So it's only likely to be dominant globally for 10 to 20 years, in my estimation. Mm. And, and when you look 
backwards down the, the scale of human evolution. You can see that the further back you go, the longer the uh, periods of domination of each particular worldview were, and they just get shorter and shorter and shorter as you come to, towards the present. It's fascinating now, isn't it? Because uh, when the when a layer begins to dominate, I guess uh, those in that layer begin to think, well, we have the solutions now. We know the way it is somehow. And that green layer, layer six, which is emerging largely on the planet at the moment, as you're saying, I guess does really think they have the answers. And yet, in a way, it's a transition. It's a kind of slightly cruel irony, perhaps you could you could argue, that we're moving even beyond um, the green principles, which also which do align to um, politically green with the capital G principles to some degree as well. They do, and uh, you heard Nick using green as a label there, which comes from a book called Spiral Dynamics, which was one of the, probably the first book published, uh, which was based mainly on Graves' work. Mm. There's a new book out which was published last year called The Change Code, uh, authored by Monica Bourgeau from uh, Oregon, and it's a wonderful short summary of Graves' work. So if you're not familiar with the detail of, of Graves' research, I really recommend The Change Code. You can find it at thechangecode.net. And uh, I had the pleasure of reviewing that and writing a forward for it uh, last year. And uh, it really is a, a very readable and uh, very accurate piece yes, of work. Yes, very accessible book. And uh, there's a, as we're talking about uh, layer six that we're emerging into there, she says at one point in the book that community, which is a core word for six, community is the cure. And I guess that's exactly what we're hoping to stimulate a bit here, that notion that we now need to start to build this fairly brief perhaps uh, layer of six is transient layers we move forward but we need to actually do something to create new systems the the foundation for new ways of being on this planet and it's clear after this time of COVID-19 everything else that's happened on the planet that this is the time for change I think everybody can feel it to one degree or other hopefully they can absolutely yeah and uh, the, the change period between these two eras is likely to be strung out and uh, in my work as a futurist looking at all the various predictions that are being made my best guess is that probably the most the biggest tipping point in this shift is probably going to happen around about 2032 so that implies that we've got a lot more disruption to come as we see the gradual collapse of the old dominant systems and the gradual emergence of new systems that will become dominant Mm. at a global scale uh, so even though for many people the, the COVID-19 response has been massive uh, and for, probably for a lot of us it's been the biggest global disruption that we've seen in our in our lives, there is much more to come uh, according to all of the indicators. And so we ought to really take that on and we ought to spend some time learning from our experience uh, over the last few months and uh, preparing, changing the way that we live and preparing for further disruptions over the next decade or so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a major thing for for some and certainly in my experience of people there are some people who think well this this is it this is the big change that's happening now. This is going to change everything. Well, clearly it's an accelerator, clearly it's a catalyst for change. It's a it's a it's it's been the the fire in the alchemical process, you could say as well. So there's a there's a great beginning here, a great start, uh, and yet we have to be watchful, mindful of how we're interpreting things in this era of fake news. We'll come to that as well. Um, and find a way forward, which is really about, on one hand, finding that community, but it's also, isn't it, about looking pretty deeply at oneself in this period where we are locked down or have been locked down and more private than we most of us have been for a long time, perhaps. Absolutely, yeah. And these uh, layers of consciousness that we're talking about, 
they alternate between an individual focus and a communal focus. So the scientific industrial era has been an individually focused era, and the impact of that has been separation. And Mm. if you look at all the things that have come out in the modern era, you'll find that they've all been about... uh, looking at things, studying things very separately. So all of the different disciplines that mm. have developed in, in the mm. academic world mm. that have specialised yeah. in you know very narrow things but gone very, very deep uh, and uh, gathered a great amount of knowledge within a very, very narrow field. And and that is a general theme which applies right across the, the way of being associated with that era. And so from a personal, emotional perspective, what that has resulted in is a sense of loneliness and a sense yeah. of separation, a lack of community. Yeah. And you can see how the the community that we had in the previous era, if you go back to the agricultural era, uh, was largely dismantled, even to the point of the nuclear family kind of being dismantled in most cases during the, the modern scientific industrial era. And now the pendulum is swinging back in the opposite direction towards community, towards that uh, that feeling of community and all of the communal themes that come with a communal era and so this is why we're all feeling like reconnecting and uh, it's wonderful to have that as a compass because we can we can know for sure that anything that is leading us back towards community at this time is going to be helpful and it's also interesting that that sense of community, our relationship to, and again, I'm talking from personal experience of people that I've come across in this time, that many people are finding that some of people in their lives are kind of passing away. I don't mean dying, that might be happening too, but they're, they're actually, the, the, what, they, what people need, what they're resonating with is somehow shifting and some people are not and this always happens, I think, in people's lives, but perhaps there's an acceleration of that, that we're kind of, there's a geometry of being that's sort of rearranging itself, different people coming together in different ways now. And I think that's important to, for us to observe in our own lives and see what actually works for us now, who works for us, what, what is, feels right to be doing now. Absolutely, yeah. We might just unpack that mm. process a little more by looking at uh, what I call the change dynamic or sometimes smiley the, face. the change trajectory. And uh, that is, it's basically a map of the human experience of change. It's its one and the same as what was called the hero's journey by Joseph yes. Campbell, the philosopher. Mm. And it's a pattern that you'll find in many, many different bodies of work and, um, and many, many different tools that people have created for understanding life and the way it works. Um, even like simple things like the uh, the Taoist uh, image, the Taijitu. <laughs> Taijitu is what I was trying to say, uh, which is the, the Tai Chi symbol, basically, mm. which shows that dynamic interaction between the active and the passive, the black and the mm. white, uh, and uh, how each one, as it reaches a pinnacle, it creates the seed of the other Gen- and, and regenerates itself. And, and so from a human perspective, when we go through transformational change, uh, we start from a place of stability. So in the case of um, you know recent events, you can think back to life before COVID-19 and how it was relatively stable in one sense, <laughs> uh, comparatively. Uh, and then all of a sudden this stress emerged, which was the sudden feeling that, oh, something's not right here. What's going on? What was that I heard on the news about that? Mm. And maybe nothing much has changed in your personal life at that point, but you know that there's something that could be coming and there's a potential for something to change. And mm. so you start to feel that stress and anxiety. And you'd have your particular response uh, to that from your particular layer of and value system which you are 
currently operating at then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And often at that point, the first human response is to think backwards to a time when things were good and often we'll go on this regressive value search where we'll go back to old ways of uh, of thinking and old ways of doing to try them out and just see whether they solve this problem or they're going to be useful for us in the face of whatever mm-hmm. challenge we're, we're facing and then eventually that place of stress descends into a, a form of chaos where things start to fall apart and I'm talking now from the point of view of, of your values changing, so a transformational personal change. And that becomes a very, very difficult place to be because nothing is the same anymore. And, of course, we've all just been through this to some extent. You know, the, the old routines, the old systems, the old ways of problem solving all changed suddenly, very, very suddenly and unexpectedly. And it's in that place of chaos where we actually have to sit with, and we have no choice but to sit with the way things are right now, uh, albeit disconnected and we've lost all of our anchors of, you know, surety in life. And that is the place where transformation really Mm. kicks Mm. in. And we have all sorts of physiological responses as well as psychological responses to that. We get changes in our body chemistry, you know, changes in our our uh, day-to-day routines uh, and uh, and of course psychological pressures and psychological mm. changes which can trigger changes in our neurochemistry and those sorts of things and it's within that chaotic zone uh, that where we're forged you know, in in the fires of change I guess and at some point there will be enough change within us to create insights and eventually a breakthrough to see that, okay, there, there is actually an option here. There is a, a different way that I can live, mm. a different way that I can be, a different way I can think, a different way I can feel. Yeah. I'm just thinking, actually, the word values, I think, for some people probably is a little problematic for one reason or another. Values, you know, maybe equated with ethics or morals, which it's not the same thing. But I'm thinking, is the word perspective as good a word to to, to use as the word values because as you're speaking there I'm, I'm, I'm literally visually seeing how people's perspective is changing and with that of course it is a value system change yeah. but the word perspective is a little bit more uh, maybe a bit lighter than values uh, it just, just occurred to me just then certainly those things are, are deeply linked yeah. and if like if you take it if you take perspective literally and say that you're you're sitting on a hill and you're looking out over the countryside and from that particular place without moving, you have a, a set perspective. And that's how we are in life when we're operating from one of these value systems and we're in the stability of that value system. We have a particular viewpoint and, and it's like we're sitting on a hill but we can't move and so we can see things from a certain angle and then someone else who's sitting on a different hill will talk about something that we see but they'll talk about it differently we'll go that that guy doesn't know what he's talking about you know <laughs> i can see it from here and it clearly looks like that confirmation uh, bias that's called exactly <laughs> my hill must be right totally you know <laughs> and and within uh within that perspective there will be things that we like about what we see and things that we don't like and and therein mm. are our values things mm-hmm. that we value as being good or bad or whatever mm. Uh, and so, effectively, this, this transformational process is picking us up and shifting us around. So we end up with a different perspective, a yeah. different view. Mm. Perhaps we're still living in the same place and hanging around the same people, but we just mm. perceive them all somewhat differently. And interesting to know if you guys and girls and people and other creatures out there listening uh, are experiencing exactly that now that change in perspective where things are sort of the same, although they're not, but, you know, we are still living on the planet, and yet something as subtle and maybe something quite strongly has shifted in the way that we're viewing it all. It's almost like we're beginning to see the forest 
for the and not just the trees and seeing the waves and cycles and patterns of change a bit more uh, from that perspective certainly my experience and i think there's quite a few people who are having that experience is that opening up that capacity the capacity is increasing as we as we uh, are faced with these with the stresses and challenges yeah and you know what what we've been given in this global response to covid-19 is really the perfect formula for enabling that change to occur at a personal level. And if you remember that we're shifting from an individual era towards a communal Mm. era, then we've been given this little slingshot by enforced isolation and enforced, you know, you sit with yourself and don't have communal contact for a few weeks or a couple of months. It's bloody hard, I'll tell you what, mate. And that that is an evolutionary tension. So that's like pulling the elastic band back Mm. on a slingshot that's going to shoot us across to community as soon as we're released, you know. We want, we're uh, craving community and and personal contact. And probably out there, wherever you are situated in the world, as you you come out of lockdown, wherever your particular country or state or, or city is at with that, it's exactly probably what you're feeling, this incredible compulsion or impulse to meet with and connect with and and be with other people. And maybe not in some cases, but uh, because I think some people are really enjoying the isolation also. That's right. Everybody uh, sort of starts the change process from a different place. So no doubt some people are are experiencing it quite differently. And some people may well be experiencing exactly the opposite. Perhaps they've been confined with a small uh, community of relatives, which has driven them crazy. And they they just can't wait to get out and escape from that. That's quite possible too. Well, if you're in the Antarctica and you're only having a six-week tour of, uh, of working down there and you've been there now, for twice or three times as long with that same bunch of people down the ice Mm. could be tough exactly right so the 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 key thing there is it comes down to your local life conditions Mm. what you're experiencing so going through this change trajectory that i was talking about we started at stability we entered into stress we fell down into chaos uh, we're perhaps transformed during that chaotic experience and then had a breakthrough we see the the way forward we get some insights into what we need to do how we need to be and then we go into a renewal phase, and that's typically a, a highly energized phase, and and many people are probably looking forward to. Perhaps some people are back at work already, but at, uh, other people are probably looking forward to getting out of their isolation and uh, moving forward in new and different ways, and are quite energized about that. We need, as we try and move forward and put new things into place, we need to go through. Um, a period of integration and we have to have adequate support we have to have access to the various resources that we need in order to change things successfully Mm -hmm. for those changes to really stick and then time also to learn new routines time to kind of embed these new systems and new ideas and routines within ourselves personally and eventually we will reach a new form of stability or a new normal you, Mm -hmm. you might like to call that and if it's transformational change we've been through, then that new normal is, is a more capable place where we can actually solve more mm. complex problems than we could before. And so where we find ourselves right now, which is really, I guess, uh, for, for various people, they'll still be in various stages of chaos depending on where they are in the world. Um, but uh, we have the opportunity now to start to think about how we want to be and how we want the world to be once we fully re-engage and, and to make different choices about that. And so it's it's a very interesting time and a very exciting time from that point of view. Mm. Just to remind you folks, Future Sense, you can go to our podcasts uh, at uh, at the moment from our RD website. That's double A-D-double-I dot org. 
Uh, the Future Sense website will be back up. We just have a small tech problem with that at the moment. You can also go to our Twitter account at Future Sense Show, at Future Sense Show, and our Facebook page, which is Future, Future Sense on Facebook. And uh, since we're not doing the radio podcast anymore, uh, broadcast anymore, we can't take uh, live text lines, but we're very interested in your questions and comments. So you can go to those platforms, either to Twitter or Facebook, and uh, anything that you'd like to say to us or any ideas that you've got or anything that's been triggered here or bring our attention to, please do. You've been listening to Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald on Future Sense. You'll find our podcast on the web at rd.org. That's double A D double I dot O R G. We have a Facebook page called Future Sense, and you can find us on Twitter at Future Sense Show. Thanks for listening.